And tonight's winning numbers are 18, 18. 55, 39, 71, 18. and 43. 43. Those numbers again. We won! Yes! <laughs> Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. I'll hold on to that. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. The Kuvik. Welcome to another edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway, live and direct. How you guys doing today? Doing good, Brian. Yeah. How are you? Excited, man. I'm excited. Uh, what, what are you really excited about, Kelvin? What, what's got you all buzzed and excited, huh? Man, it's, it's round of football. It's game week. Man, you know, what else do you need? <laughs> you already game know, week. bro. You already know. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We we are we're back. The Rattlers. We get a chance to watch the Rattlers back in play after the bye week, um, and and we hope that uh, all that has uh, transpired over the last three weeks uh, has sort of been uh, corrected, or at least resolved, or at least we have a better understanding, a clear understanding of what's what's to come. Because as I as you look at the schedule upcoming, guys, this is almost like the. Uh, I would consider this the B stanza. You know, this is the this is the second part of the schedule these next three weeks where we have Alabama State, South Carolina State, and Alabama A&M. Um, you know, I, and I say that because I think after that, yes, we do, you know, have a couple of games against some teams that aren't doing very well. So really it kind of brings the focus into how have the adjustments – over the bye week, been received. Are we prepared for these three games? Um, what's your What's your thought, uh, Kelvin, coming out of the bye week, and and the, just the schedule and the season overall? So I told you uh, last week that I, I'm excited, and I'm even more excited now. Uh, watch the uh, coaches show, and I watch coach at, at Swag Media Days, and 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 I. I I see a, a focus, a uh, humble focus, and uh, I like the things you said, all the right things, you know, going back to basics, fundamentals, looking at the things we weren't doing well. Um, and also, uh, I told you I thought we found something in the South Florida game. And then watching South Florida play against BYU last week, which, was the un- which is the unbeaten and ranked team, I thought it would be a total blowout, and it was for a quarter. And then that freshman quarterback found some rhythm and some confidence. And then the team found some rhythm and confidence. And it was a tale of two halves, and then it ended up being a dog fight. They almost pulled that game out. So I look at who we've played. We played a Jackson State team 
that has not lost to a um, FCS opponent. We played a Fort Valley State team that uh, we saw Alabama and M Tuskegee play last week. That was a ten point game. Fort Valley shut them out. So we played really good competition, and I, I, I think we need to give a little more credit to that. And then um, also, I, I just think that this is the moment. Four games in, we kind of who we are. So all this, I think we had the Billy Joe rat boy mentality, and I think we realized now we have to be a more balanced attack and that we have the weapons to do that. And as long as we stood at that, our defense is going to keep us in games. Uh, I was looking at the stats, man. We have, we only given up 17, 17 points a game. Um, and that's with a D1 school, and one, of them, and then they got a cheap touchdown at the end. So, so I think we're positioned a little bit better than what we think we are. But again, the proof is in the pudding. We got to, we got to do it on the field. We got, to, we got to start with a W this week. Kofi, what are your thoughts? Man, we're definitely in the uh, main course of the schedule right now. It starts this week versus alabama state um there's 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 uh there's no room really for error because we already have a conference loss with uh jackson state so we have to uh if our season is going to have um some serious meaning to it or any postseason aspiration um we have to be alabama state this week uh, and there's no ifs, no ands, no buts about it. I'm hearing some good things in regards to practice with some of the adjustments that, in fact, are being made. But uh, at the same time, uh, I'm excited. I mean, when we have a championship defense, and having watched Alabama State play, uh, they're built in much of the same fashion, especially on defense. They are uh, blitz-heavy. They love to come after you. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see the strategies and the adjustments that we're going to make uh, in regards to um, our approach offensively and defensively to a, a very physical and well-prepared team in Alabama State. You know, what I find interesting about this matchup is we're both programs that are coming in with three games one against a slack opponent in the East, one against a, a uh, I would say, a, a pretty good Division II program, and each have gone up against an FBS. Now, I'm not going to compare Auburn to South Florida. I'm not going to be that foolish. But I, I think the parallels there about the fact that Alabama State comes into this game 2-1, and one, we're 1-2, one and two, and, and, you know, going in and looking at the numbers, and we can talk about that here a little bit later, uh, when you go in and look at the numbers, uh, you see a lot of similarities. And I, I think Alabama State, it'll be interesting talking with, uh, and, and I should promote this, so obviously in the next segment we're going to talk to uh, Alabama State Sports Information Director Travis Jerome, who's uh, kind enough to come in and join us and talk to us a little bit about Alabama State in their season thus far. Um, I think this is a team that is uh, 
they found themselves defensively, I think. And, and that'll be interesting. And I don't know what that was a product of. You know, uh, Bethune, they played a Bethune-Cookman team that uh, was had extra days rest. And they pretty much dominated that ball game uh, from, the, from the start, especially in the first half. And defensively did a great job in terms of limiting what I thought Bethune-Cookman would do well. So we'll get into talking with Travis Jerome about that here in the next segment. But I thought first, guys, before we, you know, we were on the bye, the Rattlers were, but uh, the rest of the slack was in motion. And I thought we'd spend a little bit of this first segment just kind of recapping some of the action around the conference. And we got to start with the Thursday night matchup between Alcorn State and UAPB. Even though it was a West battle, I was, I, I'm telling you what, I went, I'll be honest, I went to bed at halftime when uh, UAPB had a lead. And so I was shocked as anybody to look up and see that Alcorn had won 38, 39 to 38. What was your impressions of that ball game, whether you saw it live or afterwards, Kelvin? So me and Kofi were uh, communicating. I wasn't able to watch the game live, so he was kind of my eyes. And uh, when he called, you know, he was he wanted his flowers at the time. Because uh, I think he uh, was uh, going against Alcorn State and uh, talking about, you know, Pine Bluff being real. We all thought that they were going to be good. And then, and you know, I had went with Alcorn State. And so uh, after I finished my obligation, I tried to reach out to him. And I think he had went to bed. And I went to bed soon because I got another call. And, and it was going late in the third quarter then. And um, Pine Bluff was still up you know, by double digits at that time. So I didn't find out until the next day either, in the morning, that uh, they had came back and won it. And so I think that's a good lesson, though, for everybody um, in, the, in the swag. It ain't over till it's over. Uh, these teams put up a lot of points, and they can do it in a fairly short time. It was an entertaining game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the only game that's like that. Now, I don't think anybody will be able to perform like that against our defense or Jackson State defense. I don't think you put up points at will like that. If you fall behind, it's probably over. But outside of those two teams, that's that. I don't. You know, Pine Bluff got another game coming up this uh this weekend, uh, and and uh, I think it's gonna be another competitive. It's a it's a pick 'em game, man. And that's just the swag. That's swag east and west for the most part. Yeah, yeah. How do you? What, what are your thoughts, Kofi? As you watch that game, did uh did UAPB? lose that game or did Alcorn win that game? There's a little bit of both because uh, Alcorn had the weapon, the weaponry. They already, ha- they always had the weaponry, but UAPB was killing them in all three phases of the game. And they made a couple of just bonehead decisions. I think um, coaching-wise, that ultimately cost them the game. Uh, they had multiple opportunities where they could have come away with points. I mean, a field goal wins them the game. Um, they had an onside kick that they recovered and came away with zero points. Um, they had a turnover over in all points territory and came away with zero points. It's like, bro, come on, man. Well, but did you hear one point? Go ahead, go ahead. No, just uh, Alcorn kept 
finding them. Once they found their rhythm offensively, uh, really with the big plays, uh, they found some spaces down the middle of the UAPB defense. They kept they kept coming at them. And I think, you know, just really – see, 10 points is really two plays, if you think about it. Even 14 points is two plays. 21 points is three plays, if you look at it from that standpoint. So, and in college football, um, when you're dealing with non-professional athletes, um, that scenario can present itself – uh, more often than not, I remember the the darn uh, uh, Frank Wright versus the University of Miami. I mean, Miami was up like 31 zip at halftime, and Maryland came back and won the darn game. So you went back um, a few decades with that one. Often not in college football. What did you say? I said you went back a few decades with that reference. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, man, it was an amazing game. One of the things that came out in the SWAT coaches media uh, um, meeting on Monday was that, and this is coming from Doc Gamble, was that their kicking situation, their kicker had got hurt. And it's funny that that didn't really come out uh, in the in the in the whole two three days. You know, it, it didn't come out after the game. It didn't come out two or three days after he brought it up. Which it was like, okay, so that explains why you didn't kick the field goal. Because all the while, we're second. Anyone who watched that game was second guessing, like what you said, Kobe. Like all it took is one field goal. Why would why would you not kick a field goal? I mean, get points whenever you can get it. And I heard all kinds of things. Oh, you know, but it was like now we understand. Oh, you didn't have your kicker. And it was like, okay, I I I, I understand that a little bit. I'm a little more empathetic to that scenario, knowing that. So uh, I, that that was. Yeah, that was one situation that came out. Uh, but but it, all the while, that was one of the exciting games. And I, I tell you what, go back and look at the stats in that game. Alcorn really, I, I should say, UAPB really only had the one good quarter, the first quarter. If you go back and look at the stats, Alcorn held them to three in the second, six in the third, and I think that was six was off of a punt block or a block, a block punt or something like that. And then another – so, really, Alcorn's defense showed up for three quarters. It just – that first quarter, they got blitzed. And it was like, whoa, what – you know, what are we doing? You know, so they put them in – the offense put them in a tough spot, uh, especially in the first half. And then once everything kind of leveled out, I thought Alcorn really, really played a great game in the second half. Uh, all things compared. You know, you just got to kind of – you got to look – that's a game where the numbers and what you saw don't really match. In my opinion, Alcorn, you know, but again, Alcorn is a championship program. Um, so there's a winning culture that's there. And those kids and that program believes that they're supposed to win. Um, and when you have that that kind of mentality, no matter how many points you are down, um, no matter how much adversity you face, you know that you and your squad can find a way to pull it out. Another game involving, uh, well, this game involving an East uh, Division team, Jackson State. You guys pay attention to the fact that Jackson State playing Delta State. And I know Kelvin was Kelvin was big on Delta State, man. He was and like Kofi and Kofi. Oh, I'm sorry, and Kofi. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Although right I, now. I still say, you know, go back and look at what Delta State has done over the last couple of years. It hadn't been much, but anyway, they 
I, I give all credit to you guys. You guys were on top of Delta State. Um, I, I would have lost if I had to put some put some uh, put some money down on Jackson State. I would have lost it. But Jackson State only only won that game twenty four seventeen, and Delta State actually was fourth and goal on I think the five or six yard line on like the what, eight seconds to go in the ball game. So right. they were that close to tying that game up. And so that was real interesting to see uh, Delta State, a Division II team. Uh, I don't think they're a ranked Division II team, but there's a lot of pride and history in that program uh, with some good players. And they, they took Jackson State. Uh, they challenged them. They challenged them. Any, any, any of you guys want to go ahead and gloat now while you got a few seconds? No, no, no gloating. Yeah. You, you ain't want to listen and everything. You ain't want to yeah. listen to the people. <laughs> yeah, they they, they they not they not afraid of the the uniforms and the colors, man. They played them and they're physical and so so you know I expected it a, a tough game. I really did. And you know, just the the again the difference between FCS and Division Two is not very much. Um, the Division Two squads have more lenient admission. Um, opportunities so a lot they get a lot of quality athletes that play at the division two school at the division two level so just because that number is quote unquote behind that name it doesn't mean that those kids are quote unquote worse these are it's it's not much that is separating a division a solid division two squad from an fcs squad uh, real quick, some other scores that took place. You had Alabama A&M with a 45-35 win over Tuskegee. Prairie View with a 24-10 win over Grambling. Uh, as mentioned, Alabama State 38-24 over Bethune. Texas Southern lost 48-34 to Rice. Southern 38-25 over Mississippi Valley State. Uh, real quick, before we go to break, any one of those other games uh, that caught your eye that you were kind of really interested in the outcome, Kelvin? No, I think the rest of the slate kind of went how we expected. Uh, I think Valley scored a little bit, a few more points than I thought they would have against uh, Southern. But outside of that, no, no surprises. How about you, Kofi? Uh, no surprises, but uh, obviously the Prairie View game sticks out to me because I strongly believe that they're a dark horse pick for the West. Um Southern has a new football coach, and I know he's new. I believe that he has a, a solid feel for what needs to happen, but um, there's a difference with the way that that team is playing right now. And uh, I would say that Prairie View is very much, especially if they find a way to get past UAPB, that's going to put them firmly in the driver's seat uh, in the SWAC West. Well said. All right. Well, coming up out of the break, we're going to start to talk about uh, and unpack the week ahead or this upcoming weekend's game for the Rattlers against Alabama State. Coming up, we're going to be talking with Travis Jerome, Sports Information Director for Alabama State. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone with Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. We'll be back right after these words. The Let's go. Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. 
We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. picks up messes quicker and each sheet is two times more absorbent so you can use less he's an eight he's a nine bounty the quicker picker upper since 2000 All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rosier, Kofi Hemingway. Joining us right now, uh, the Sports Information Director of Alabama State, Mr. Travis Jerome. Uh, Travis, thanks for coming on the ONG Strike Zone. How you doing? Good. I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Yeah. Well, look, uh, it's good to have Alabama State uh, coming back to brag. It's been a long time, since 2008. Um I, now, I mean, you know, I don't know. Were, were you uh, on staff? Are you were you with Alabama State back then in two thousand and eight? No, I don't think anybody that's there now was actually on staff, on football staff, or in our staff. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where we're just not. Everything is new to us. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's an interesting history when you go back and look at this history between FAMU and Alabama State. It's like we've only this, – this will be the fourth time in 32 years. But then prior to that, there was a nice little string of games in the 70s. And then there's a whole history of games, like, before all of us were born probably. Uh, so <laughs> it's real interesting. I don't know. When you look at those numbers and it says, like – Alabama State is overall 19-18-2. And, and, you know, I don't know how we really judge that. You know, the, where does the modern era lie, you know? Well, you know, the, the history is, re, is rich between both of us. I mean, we were both in SIEC. We were both, you know, now in the SWAC. Um, it, goes a, it goes a lot beyond the numbers. Um, a lot of people don't know that, that Alabama State and FAM actually played in the Turkey Day Classic. That's where the Turkey Day Classic started before Tuskegee took it over contractually. Um, but it's a, it's a great rivalry to get started again. Um, I know we've got a, a great alumni base and a great fan base down in Tallahassee. I know there's a lot of fam 
FAMU grads and, and, and alumni and, and fans here in our area. So we've heard the talk. I know you've heard the talk. It's just time now to, to actually get to Saturday and get it started. Most definitely. Let, let's talk about uh, the the win last week and, and this year's team for Alabama State. Uh, coming off of Auburn, what – and, I, you know, it's always interesting seeing how teams react off of a bye, uh, and especially – uh, a bye where you had to play an FCS opponent that kind of really handed it to you a little bit. What And then so to come out and get that win against Bethune, talk a little bit about where the teams mentally, where, where they were mentally coming out of that and just what worked. What was, I mean, it was a, that was a dominating performance, I thought, against Bethune. Well, surprisingly, you know, a lot of people would, would assume that we would come out and, and be flat against Bethune after the Auburn game, but the bye week really helped. Um, if you talk to Coach Ely about the, the two differences, the differences between the first time we played Auburn and then this past time we played Auburn, he even says it out loud. He mismanaged a little bit the first time because he wanted to give us a chance to stay in the game and, and, and give our guys a chance to win and, and get filmed. This time he understood that we had a conference slate coming up of eight straight conference games. So he really managed and, and kept the, the injuries to a minimum. You go back and look at that game, it could very well have been a 13-3 or 13-7 game at the half against Auburn. So we were really never out of it until the, the block field goal got ran back. And then obviously third quarter, that's when their depth took over. I'm not going to say their talent took over, but really their depth took over because they were able to rotate guys in and out. Um, because if you look at our roster, we've got a lot of guys that are transferred in from that level and are playing. Um, but it just – he was able to manage it better. He was able to get us through the game. He was able to get us to the next week, which is the bye week. And our guys understood what the next game was on the schedule. And there was a different uh, a different feeling to practice. The guys were ready to go. They knew that there was a conference game coming up in a week and a half. We had to get ready for it. Um, and then we just came out against Bethune Cookman, and it was first drive, click, score, second drive, click, score, third drive, click, score. Defense play was just, you know, it, it was lights out. And, and if you go back and look, you know, it really never should have been 7-7. Seven, seven. We botched a punt. We we muffed a punt return. They recovered it and scored. We could have very easily been up 21, 28, 35 nothing at the half because we shut their offense down, took their running game away from them, made them, forced them to pass the football, um, which is something that, you know, against Miles, we took the, the passing game away and made them run the football. Against Bethune, we did quite the opposite and made them have to pass, pass the ball more. But we were just – it was a complete effort. Um – and we've been looking for that since Coach Ely's been here as the head coach. Offense, defensively, special teams, it was nice to see all three components at the same time and not say, okay, well, our defense played well, still have to work on some things offensively, or our special teams did well and kept us in the game, and we've got to work on offense and defense. It was good to see. Obviously, we still got things to work on, but it was just a nice, complete team effort just to see all the talent finally click at the same time. Right. Kelvin, what do you got? So there's a lot of buzz going on in Tallahassee. I heard, you know, there's 15 buses coming down and from Alabama State. And, and I remember the last time they came down in 2008, there was a great contingent of Alabama State fans. I always tell people in terms of my time and uh, being going to games in the last 20 years, that game sticks out more than any other as far as visiting fans in the stands. And I, and I compare that with even when Southern comes here. Uh, they, they really showed up. And so um, I, I just wonder what the buzz like there. And um, 
And are you uh, can you confirm that you know there's a lot of excitement you expect of a big contingent of Alabama State fans to come? Well, if, if you're counting 15 buses, I mean, obviously you got they're probably counting our four, the bands eight, you know, cheerleaders coming down. So you already got 13 right there. But no, um, there there's a big buzz. Um, obviously, as soon as as soon as everybody saw the news that Florida A&M and Bethune were joining the conference, um, things started happening. Hey, where are we going to play first? We're going to play here first. We're going to play there first. Um, obviously, you know, we were trying to get fam on the on the schedule before they joined the con before you joined the conference. Um didn't quite work out that way, but we got you now. Um I would prefer not to play you back to back with the thing. Um but you now there there's a good contingent coming. I know we've got an alumni roundup that's gonna take place around that same time before the game. Um you know it's it's gonna be you know for us is the, the the guys that are Coming down in the convoy with the escorts, you know, we're kind of focused on, and, and that includes when I say us, that includes everybody that's going to be in, the, in that hotel with the team. We're kind of focused on what happens down on the field in between the sidelines. I mean, it's going to be great to, to see all the, the black and gold mixed in with the orange and green and the brag on, on Saturday and, you know, and, and get this thing started again. Um, you know, and not knocking anything with Jackson State or anything else, but a lot of people look forward to this game more than they do any other. Um, and that includes Magic City. I mean, obviously, Magic City's every year, but this is something new for a lot of people. Um, I've heard the stories. Um, obviously, you know, we Tallahassee is not a secret to any of us that are on staff now or any of the guys on the team because we just came down and played Florida State two falls ago. So, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things that the buzz is good, um, you know, but for us, again, it's kind of, you know, all of us are, are singular focused on what, you know, what's going to transpire between those lines on Saturday. Yeah, Kofi. Well, I, I wanted to uh, go back a little bit to one of uh, Coach Ely's comments from last year in regards to the shoe, and wanted to know what your thoughts were when he said, "Give me my shoe back." Was he talking to the fans, or was he actually really talking to to <laughs> Coach Sanders? Look, let me let me tell you something about Coach Ely. Coach Ely is <laughs> is probably one of the funniest coaches I've ever been around. Um. You just never know. And to be honest, I really don't know. Uh, my first reaction, right. if you ever see me in a press conference, is I'm on the side of the room and I just drop my head and close my eyes and said, dear God, please don't let this backfire on us at any point. <laughs> um, and it didn't. Uh, you know, so, you know, when, when Coach came out later and said, man, I was talking about a fan that, that was really heckless, I was like, okay, that's what we're going to go with then. Um, but no, Coach Dealey is good. You know, he talked to Coach Sanders um, after the game and, and that next week. So anything that would have been aired out would probably be aired out between those two. But, you know, it was all in just. Um, and before anybody asked me the next question, because I know somebody's going to ask me about the video board, I had nothing to do with the video. <laughs> I'll, go ahead, I'll go ahead and say that right now. That was a totally different crew. I had nothing to do with it. I was actually – no, I wasn't on there. That's that was the first game I've ever pulled myself off radio. So I had nothing to do with that part of it. Either. So we'll go ahead and put that out there for you too. Nice, nice. Uh, I don't. That was a that was a classic. That was classic. That was a, that was some good stuff. Um, let's get into talking about the the, the guys on offense, um, Travis. Because as I was going through the numbers, looking at uh, just the tempo uh, that. 
you know, Alabama State played with. They were plus nine in terms of number of plays against Miles. Actually, it was actually, as you talked about it being even against Auburn, ran the same number of plays against Auburn. Uh, and then plus 13 against Bethune-Cookman. How important is the pace and the tempo for this year's squad? And, and obviously maybe frame that around the fact that you got a young quarterback, Ryan Nettles, who, uh, you know, yes, he had the experience from the spring, and, and what that means for his development and what Coach Ely wants to do with the offense. Keep in mind, on Ryan Nettles, listed as a redshirt, um, he's got seven, eight games under his belt now at the collegiate level, but he's not your typical freshman. He missed three years of football because of a knee injury and then COVID and then that fall. So he's an older redshirt freshman. He should be a junior right about now playing college football. So age-wise, season he's 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 there um that spring season um really helped them um and really helped our quarterback room because behind him we've got two other freshmen so we're young at that position but we're not inexperienced they've all got playing time um the pace of the offense is really dictated and, and predicated on what the defense has given us um so for us, it's, it's watching a lot of film this week. I know that the guys have been watching this week. They've really been in the film room trying to study. Look, we all know who the coach of Florida A&M is. He's not a stranger to Alabama State. He has a, he has a lot of time on the swag. Um, he, you know, the last three times we played him when he was at preview, he beat us and beat us pretty good a couple of times. Um, so we're no stranger to him. But that offense, you know, has a lot of weapons, which is, is, is really one of those things I think a lot of people don't realize. You know, Ryan has targeted 13 different receivers this fall, but you can't really look at one. The question mark coming in was, uh, who's going to replace Michael Jefferson and Jaha Booker, who transferred out because of the transfer force? We didn't look outside. We looked within, and every one of those guys you see catching footballs now for us were already here. We haven't, you know, we've got a couple guys in, but um, – you know, the, the receiving core is really good. Sean Anderson's done a good job, a great job with that group. Jeremiah Hickson, Wallace Porker, Perron Jones, Sean Johnson, I can list them going on. Then you got a Terrace Alex tight end. Um, in the backfield, you know, you've always got the Ezra Gray. A lot of people joke that he's going to have his doctorate by the time he's done playing at Alabama State, but the kid is probably one of the, the and I'll say it, it's probably one of the greatest kids I've ever been around. Greatest young man, not a kid. He's a young man. I mean, he does it academically. He does it athletically. He's a great young man on the field, off the field. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I mean, it's just one of those guys you'd like to be around. You know, and then you have to throw in the offensive line. The offensive line, yes. you know, we, we were all freshmen and, and one redshirt sophomore, and we're still all yes. freshmen and redshirt sophomore. Yes. A lot of people yes. forget, okay, we're in game four. This is really game nine for us in this calendar year. So now the concern is is how much wear and tear does that spring really have going down the line on this offense and space. But you know, a lot of people you know, a lot of people get upset at play call and a lot of people get upset if we can't get in the end zone. But if you go back and look at the two ends, we've really dominated as far as that artist. We just couldn't put it in the end zone. That was the biggest issue. But Miles' defense is probably one of the better DC defenses we can see, which is why this one has IT. People tend to forget that. This team is a lot better than you want to give them credit for. And they came in with a chip on their shoulder because they felt like they should have been playing in this game. Yeah, good point. Uh, Kelvin, go ahead. What do you got? 
Yeah, I'll just say real quick, you hit on something I think is very key. I think I told the guys uh, the thing. First of all, Alabama State was my dog horse to uh, compete in the uh, East Division before the season started. And one of those reasons why, of course, Ezra in the running game, you have got depth there too. But but with that offensive line you talked about, I watched them in the spring. And, and I was like, man, they all freshmen in red shirts, man. And they, they, they this size and they look this good. They they were very sound. So uh so I, I agree with you. So my question is Alabama State will win or be successful if in this game against FAMU on Saturday if what happens? Control the tempo and don't turn the ball over. I mean it's as simple as that. That's the keys to every game. If if you can control the clock and don't turn the ball over, um you know, then you'll be successful because you keep Florida A&M's offense off the field and they have weapons. I mean, everybody reads the, the, the articles about how much inconsistency the, the A&M, the, the FAMU offense has been has had. But at the end of the day, look, it's football. You have to give some of that credit to the opponent. Um, the opponents are the ones that are dictating what you can and can't do. They could very easily throw the towel in after Auburn and say, man, your offense is terrible. You didn't score a point. But we played in SEC school. We knew what we were up against. We knew what we had coming up. Um, again, you know, each game on our schedule is the most important game because they're all SWAT games. So it's just controlling the clock and not turning the ball over. And we haven't done a good job of not turning the ball over. We've had turnovers in every game. Um, you know, obviously, that's just against uh, Auburn with the block punt and the block field goal. We had a couple turnovers. We put the ball on the ground against Miles. It's getting better each week. Regardless if you play in the spring or not, the fall is a different season. Everybody's playing for more this fall because there's more games on the schedule. You just have to learn how to do these things and get through. But yeah, if we can just control the clock and, and not turn the ball over, you know, we'll give ourselves a chance to win all the time, especially on the road. Kofi, what do you got? This is uh, definitely one of the games, um, just going back to Alabama State, that I just have – circled on my calendar from a long time ago since 2008 and i really can't wait until we actually get to montgomery because i believe that there will actually be people on the hill um <laughs> actually at that particular game um the the teams are really that close but what i want to say is it won't just be uh, football, that'll be a big game between FAMU and Alabama State. I mean, there's basketball, men's basketball, your volleyball team just came off of a win against Auburn. Um, that's going to be huge. The baseball history between the two schools is going to be big. Um, I mean, shoot, track is going to be big. It's, it's just going to be big all the way around. Even tennis is going to be a major rivalry with uh with family in alabama state so i kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that you know just moving forward because i believe it has an opportunity to be one of the uh biggest rivalries in the country when when we got word that that florida a m and bethune were joining the conference obviously you know our eyes lit up um for us it's a three three and a half hour drive so it makes sense for us because we're the closest school to you in the conference um you know, and it's it's always when you look at, at what each group offers. I mean, obviously the band, obviously the fraternities, the boys, obviously football. Everything kind of ties in the track. Basically, we've already been doing it with baseball. Um, you know, we've had games with baseball over, since I've been here since 2017. They've been competitive. 
Um, you know, I tell this funny story to show you how big the rivalry is. You know, we got Larry Watkins, the Hall of Fame baseball coach. He's been thrown out of one game in his whole career, and it was down to Florida a and He tells the story about how he walked around the whole field just because the way the rivalry was, he didn't want to get off the field. But he got thrown out and left. I mean, that kind of shows you where we are. He's been thrown out of one game, and, and he laughs about the story. But, you know, volleyball is, is going to be – Extremely important. I mean, obviously, you know, our volleyball team every year, other than the opt-out, since you know, the last six, seven years, has challenged with one topic. Um, softball, same way. Uh, baseball challenges every year. You know, it's always good to get new blood in, um, especially the, the biggest question we had was who was going to get kicked to the West. We were, you know, there were two or three schools that we were waiting to hear. They got kicked to the West, so it kind of frees us up. Now we don't have to go to Mormon as much play all going safe. I'll tell you what, if you haven't been to the reservation, just wait till you go. Um, you know, it's it's uh it's one of those things you kinda of want to get in and get out really quick. We were looking to win a five overtime game, you know, three years ago. Um if this game goes five overtime, yeah well, I might need to borrow that hat and then wear it around the stadium so I can fan myself. You know, I know how that Florida heat is down there and, and it's gonna be you know, it, it's it's this whole rivalry is going to be good, um, and it's not anything against Alabama A&M to take away from us, but it's always good to get fresh blood and develop more than one rivalry. You're always going to have more than one, um, and a lot of people point to us and Jackson State, but, you know, it's not really an us and Jackson State thing. We just we go play all these games, and whatever happens, happens. You know, A&M, you know, all the fans think, okay, well, it's a big rivalry for the team. You could hear the players and coaches before games, it's, you know, it's a nice game, but the robbery is up in the stands, and that's what you want. You want fans to, and I'm going to use this for very, very loose. You want fans to develop hatred towards another school because then you have a robbery. If you don't have fans not liking another institution, it's not a robbery. You know, we joke all the time, of, well, doesn't a team have to win in order to be a robbery? That's true, but you still got to have fans not like each other comfortable to be a robbery. Um, you know, so we got to give that some time in Tallahassee. But I can tell you this. I told you before we came on the air and for everybody at home, you know, I kind of feel out of place because you got green and gold everywhere except sitting in mine. I'm trying to make sure I don't have anything behind me as green and gold because I don't need to get in trouble this week before we head down to Tallahassee. Hey, uh, Travis, before we let you go, I want to I want to bring it back to uh, this squad, this team and, and uh, just kind of get an update. And as much as you can, as much as you're willing to share, uh, Ezra Gray, um, you know, kind of I noticed uh, he didn't play against uh, Auburn and uh, he split some carries. Uh, you know, he hasn't had the big breakout game yet. How, how's Ezra Gray? How's Ezra looking these days? Well, you know what they usually say about Ezra when he hasn't had a breakout game yet. He, that means he's due for one. So the last time he didn't have a breakout game, he was due for one. I think he went for 195 against Jackson in, in the spring. Ezra's fine. Um, you know, he got a little dinged up against Miles. He'll play. But, you know, don't don't read too much to him and to him splitting carries. Like I said, we got eight conference games in a row. Before he married is, is more than able and to, to, to carry the ball coming and spelling. We've got some guys behind them that haven't put really. We've got a lot of fresh legs to keep the KC. Um, you know, obviously, we've got some we got some dinged up guys. Natron Culpepper was back this week against the Kind of adds to that secondary, which is really, really good this year. 
um, with, the, with the addition of Doc West Bait and transfer from Jacksonville State. Um, but you know, with us, everything starts up front on that defensive line. Christian Park, Brandon Gaddy, Andrew Ogletree. Um, the list can go on and on. Then you got your linebackers. Obviously, everybody knows Bubba hasn't played. Um, and, and Coach Eagle let it out a couple weeks ago. He's out for the year, um, which is unfortunate. But it's the next man up, which is Jake Howard. Jake Howard's played a lot in the spring, so we're really not skipping a beat with Jake. You know, this, this team's going to be – it's going to be really good. It's going to be a defensive struggle on Saturday. I'll just say that. I think you're, you're going to – I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game now. We may sit here and say it, and it may be 45-44. But I look for these two defenses to really tighten things up and, and and you know, and go head-to-head. I mean, you look at the Jackson State game, what FAMU did on, on defense, and then you look at what our defense has done. It's just going to be whichever team controls the clock. I mean, and that's the end of the day. We know Florida A&M's got weapons. We just have to find a way to contain them and just, you know, try to stay with them throughout the whole game. Right, right. Well, well I'm, I'm hoping Ezra's breakout game is next week against UAPB. So I've already looked at the schedule, and we're hoping that he's well enough to really light up UAPB next week, not in Tallahassee this week. <laughs> but, well, you um, know, he, he's from Panama City now, so, you know, the, the, oh, the proximity between Panama City and Tallahassee, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I, I don't make predictions. I just I show up for the game and watch. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Exactly right. All right. Hey, Travis, thank you for your time this evening uh, coming in and talking with us and, and uh, just enlighten us a little bit on Alabama State. Should be a good one. The two and one Hornets coming to brag, taking on the one and two uh, Rattlers, uh, good old Swag East rivalry showdown. Should be a good one. Should be a good one at Bragg. So uh, get your popcorn ready and be ready for uh, 60 good minutes. So uh, looking forward to it. All right. I appreciate Travis, you having me on. Thank you, man. All right, when we come back, we got a little more to talk about. Uh, We'll break down some more of this game. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, and thanks again to Travis Jerome for joining us. We'll be back right after these words. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together we can be the change.
we go. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi. Uh, hey, uh, Kelvin, I, I saw a message that popped up. You got people wanting to know where you got that hat from, brother. You know, let the people know uh, where you got that nice hat from. Well, we're giving out unsolicited plugs right now. So, hey, 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 no, with certain things I won't say because, you know, I got to have my stash, right? But with this one, I will because it was it was a few years back, but it's um, it came from the family bookstore, actually. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, honestly, anytime you get a chance to go to the FAMU bookstore, uh, you know, go, go make it, man. I Look, I, I remember days when I used to go in the bookstore and just look around and complain because there was like, there was no good gear in the bookstore. I used to be like, where's all the good gear? How come I can go over to Florida State's bookstore and there's gear? Where's all the good FAMU gear? And then I leave, graduate, and then all of a sudden, you know, decades later, uh, there's good stuff in the bookstore. So, Congratulations to the FAMU bookstore for stepping their game up. Nice. Um, well, fellas, let's let's get in a before we come back and talk a little bit about this uh, Alabama State matchup. We got to get into some news involving some of our other sports, and we got to start with our Lady Rattlers, uh, who uh, went on the went on the road out into Mississippi, and uh, man, I, I, I'll tell you, I was I was shocked. I was shocked at the outcome against Jackson State, to be perfectly honest. I mean, we're rolling in hot. Uh, We're on fire, matter of fact. And then uh, Jackson State just kind of served notice like, hey, look, there's a reason why we were 9-0 in the conference in the spring, and it's a reason we're the defending champs. And they remain the defending champs because Jackson State uh, beat our Lady Rattlers 3-0. Uh, and actually, two of the games, I mean, obviously, you know, were tight, contested games. Uh, we lost the first set, 28-26, and the second one, 26-24. We lost the third one, 25-22. Close ball games. Um, I, you know, statistically, <laughs> I was looking to try to see where, you know, what, what, what areas kind of failed us a little bit. And, and the only thing I can really see is, you know, they had a few more aces than us. And, uh, and and in terms of blocks, but in, in essence, I mean, obviously you ha- you would have had to have seen the game to see the tempo and the scoring, but uh, it was a statistically almost an even matchup. Uh, in, any thoughts or shocks or surprises by seeing the outcome from that first game, uh, Kelvin? No, not for me. Um, I, I did expect for us to win it. I, I definitely didn't expect for us to be swept. Um, even though, like you say, it was, you know, we were up on the, in the second set. I, I remember checking one time. We were up like 23 to 19 or 20 or something. So, uh, but what I would tell you is that uh, I had some people there, uh, some information, information, and what they would tell you is that, you know, um, perhaps the closed games, there were some calls some questionable calls that went the home team's way uh, that were clearly um, not correct. <laughs> really? That kind of helped them stay in the, stay in the game or uh, get a lead in the game. So, uh, but uh, I, if you listen to what Coach uh, said, um, Coach Gokhan, I mean, he, he said that it was good volleyball, and he, he talked about looking at the auto conference and the caliber teams they had played in the 
record may not be representative of the type of team they have. Then when you see Alabama State beat the same Auburn team we did in five sets also. Uh, so I just think um, coach knows and the team knows, I think we as fans uh, realize we need to pump our brakes a little bit and just recognize that there are some good programs other than ours. And we would have to earn that championship. And I still believe we will. Um, and uh, I'm, I believe we'll return a favor should we face them in the uh, in later on in the season. But but for now, you know they they got scoreboard, and we'll just, we just I think that's a good thing for for our team. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, definitely a, a good little dose of reality, uh, a good little reality check. You know, you thought if that mindset of hey, you thought you were all that. And, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden you get kind of served a little bit. But, uh, it, you know, that that just Jackson State being winless and then to come in and get a win right off the bat was like, uh, Kofi, any, any thoughts on the Lady Rattlers opening weekend in Mississippi? Which we should say we turned around uh, 24 hours later, got a win against Mississippi Valley State for our first win in the SWAT. Well, I mean, <clears throat> as Kelvin so eloquently stated, um, you know, uh, anytime you go into, uh, an opposing team's home territory, especially in the SWAC, no matter what the sport, you can't expect some unusual calls. You can expect some unusual activity, um, from your opponents. But that being said, I mean, Jackson State is the defending champions and, um, the SWAT championship will have to be earned by our ladies, but I believe that they're going to learn a lot from this loss, and it's going to enable us to be able to develop some momentum going forward. But Jackson State is not the only team or the only solid team that is in the SWAT. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing our, our team continue to develop, continue to get stronger, continue to develop cohesiveness as they prepare to go forward because I believe that by tournament time we're going to be right there. Right, right. So again, the Lady Rattlers uh, did go 3-0 against Miss, uh, Mississippi Valley State on the following Saturday. Just a note, Jackson State now 11-0 in the, con or I should say they have won 11 straight conference games dating back to the 9 in the spring they did beat Bethune, so they jump out to a 2-0 lead, uh, two wins, no losses in conference play. What's next for the Lady Rattlers? Well, that's a Friday showdown in Daytona Beach against Bethune-Cookman. Uh, the last three times that the Lady Rattlers have gone to Daytona Beach, they have come out of there with Ws, including a 3-2 win back in 21, uh, 2019, excuse me, uh, which was the last uh, – now – Check that. That was in 2019. So, again, 3-0, the last three meetings in Daytona Beach. Unfortunately, the last meeting against Bethune-Cookman, we lost uh, in November 8th, 2019. That was in Tallahassee. We lost that 3-1. to So, we've actually kind of split those home and aways. And really, the last nine appearances, last nine games against Bethune have almost been split by four. You know, uh, Bethune has won five, we won four. So, you know, we had a nice streak there where we were just owning Bethune, and then they, they kind of stepped up a little bit. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see 
what Bethune brings to the table this Friday. Uh, I don't know if my schedule will allow me to get there. I'm only 45 minutes away, less than that. I'm going to try to get there. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I also, I want to make mention of the fact that uh, the, it's a little squed, a scheduling quirk in that the Lady Rattlers will only play one game over a 14-day period from the end of the Mississippi Valley State game to the October 10th game against Texas Southern, the only game in that entire stretch, this game Friday against Bethune-Cookman. So interesting, interesting scheduling uh, stretch, guys. Something to kind of think about there. Uh, FAMU Golf. Uh, did you guys pay attention to what's going on with FAMU Golf over the weekend? Yes. Um, they went up to, uh, where was that? Let's see, this was the 36th annual National Black College Alumni Hall of Fame Tournament. Now, that's a mouthful. Now, let me say that again. The National Black College Alumni <laughs> Hall of Fame Tournament. And you try to go with the abbreviations that they that I saw for that game, but for that tournament. But anyway, uh, we actually won that contest back in 2019, that tournament. Uh, they have a Division One and a Division Two side. Uh, we won the Division One title in 2019. 17-team uh, field, 10 in Division One. Um, do you have any of the you have any of the uh, metrics on that on the results on that, Kelvin? Uh, uh, we were leading the first two days of that tournament, and um, we uh, had a rough showing that last day uh, as a team. And so. Uh, I'm going off memory here, but I think we ended up finishing third in that yeah. tournament. Um, but uh, we, we were leading, and um, we've, we've got a good mix of veterans and freshmen. And, um, and you know, we just had a, had a bad day at Hamilton Golf. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. Where typically we had a bad day. Yeah, I, I did a quick little browse. And yeah, you're right. We did finish third. We, and we were leading. <laughs> And, and really, uh, Tennessee State, who ended up finishing first, Alabama State second. The, Tennessee State, who was in third after day one, I looked at the numbers, they made up 12 strokes in a day. I, I mean, that's like they literally jumped from third to second on that. Alabama State did similarly made up four strokes between round one and two. We, we only made up a stroke, so it's like we – we played, we played kind of at our same level uh, from day one to day two while everybody else around us just just had a great second day and it just kind of – they just kind of bumped us and next minute you know we finished third. So, I mean, uh, a good showing by this group, uh, Coach uh, Mike Rice. This, uh, this team, as I saw it on the uh, FAMUathletics.com site, nine golfers, four new – golfers on this squad one transfer three freshmen one of those freshmen actually tied for fourth he was the top rattler in this field a uh, young man by the name of jacob i yes Ayusado. i think i said that right hopefully uh he's a freshman from corona corona california a lot going on there <laughs> a lot going on there anyway he tied for fourth and uh, he, he had the best performance of all the Rattlers, uh, uh, only one that was in the top ten. So, 
Uh, I want to mention, uh, give a shout out to uh, Coach Mike Rice and the and the golfers. Uh, and, and one final shout out to our FAMU tennis team that will be playing in the Bedford Cup in Tampa this upcoming uh, this upcoming weekend, which is in Tampa. Uh, so yeah. All right, <clears throat> let's take a quick break. Come back, get into a little more football talk. You're watching the OMG Strike Zone. Ryan, Kelvin, and Kofi, we'll be back right after these words. You're hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? And tonight's winning numbers are 18, 18. 55, 39, 71, and... 43. We won! Yes! Quick! The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. I'll hold on to that. Bounty. The quicker picker-upper. The coup.
Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. And only one of us is struggling with sinus issues this evening. Um, the other two guys are looking great, doing great. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, let's get into breaking down this contest against Alabama State, guys. And uh, let's start with us. Let's start with FAMU first. Uh, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, what do we What do we want to see? Keys to victory. Let's Let's start with. Uh, we'll go We'll go swing it the other way. Go you, Kofi, and then Kelvin. What do we want to see from the offensive side of the ball first? Uh, as Janet Jackson would say, it's all about control. It's all about control. So I want to see us have a steady flow on offense and control the ball, control the line of scrimmage. Our defense is such where we don't have to take a whole bunch of risks, uh, unnecessary risks offensively, and we have um, the explosive playmakers that can make plays for us. But I want to see us run the ball consistently. That's really, for me, that is going to be the highlight, a commitment to the run game. And if I see a commitment to the run game, I mean, that, that tells me that the coach's um, philosophy uh, has shifted a little bit and they're willing to make those adjustments. And I think that will go a long way to FAMU SWAT championship aspirations. So the, the really the thing is seeing us run the ball. And I want to see us continue to control the line of scrimmage um, defensively. I want to see us continue to just shut people down. So I'm looking forward to us attacking uh, Ezra, uh, getting after him on the run game, and uh, tightening up those windows, those those windows where the quarterback has to make plays. So I'm looking forward to that. What about you, Calvin? We had a couple of guys who got injured in the South Florida game, um, particularly uh, Renato Flowers, a best pass rusher, and then, of course, our All-American punter. Those are significant losses, all right? We we know we have depth. We think we have depth, and, um, and I think we'll be okay. But I want to see how those replacements do. Um, special teams, uh, we, we luckily we got a grad assistant who was a second-team All-MEAC. Uh, that'll be handling those duties. He's veteran and been in big games, so I don't expect for him to – to be a significant drop off, you know, you replace an all American now. So, so it might not be exactly the same, but I thought our kickoffs were good and so forth. So I want to, this is a game I need to see. We're coming off a bye week. I want to see, uh, uh, something different, right. Than what we saw the first three weeks. We should know our strength and weakness. We should know our, uh, um, talent now. Um, so I, I, I want to see, special team-wise, this is a game we should have a – we should either have a re, big return, kick off a punt, maybe a block. I, I'm looking for our special teams to make a play this game. Then the other thing would be to um, capitalize off of Alabama mistakes. And what I mean by that, not necessarily turnovers. I'm talking in terms of there will be a time because they're aggressive defensively and that they're going to have their corners one-on-one with our, our receivers. And Kobe talked about being committed to the run. I think we commit to the run. We're going to have some opportunities where 
number one, our receivers got to beat their their man one on one, and I and I, I believe that would happen. And then uh, we're gonna need Rashawn to 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 make him pay when we have those opportunities. We have to execute when we have big play opportunities. That's what I'm looking for this week. Uh, it sounds like you're. I, I hear Kofi wanting us to run. I hear you wanting Rashawn to win the game. Am I hearing two different, two different sides of the coin there from you two guys? Not necessarily. No, that's not what I said. I, I said I agree with Kofi, and uh, and that's my philosophy. We got to use the run to set up the pass. That's the kind of offense I think that works best with this personnel. But because of that, I think we will have success running the ball. And again, they're going to go one on one with with our receivers. We got to win some of those matches. And so for me, I, I think I hope Chad at some point can be back and healthy, and this game will be a good one to have him right. Because uh, we've got to not target, um, even though he's a pro in my opinion. We can't target Xavier twenty times, right? Especially when we got all these other weapons, and we got to get some. We, we got to get the tight ends involved and, and get some plays in the middle of that field. And then, like in short yardage, I would like to see us target Manigo and uh, some of our tight ends one-on-one uh, with some jump ball opportunities, uh, some seam routes. So, you know, I want to see growth. I, I talked about development, um, seeing something different. I guess that's what I'm saying. I want to see growth in our offense philosophy and execution. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people, I, I I think since day one, I want to see more Terrell Jennings. And now that we've got McLeod, I want to see McLeod. I, I want to see those two guys. I, I, I really hope both of those guys can get 15 touches. I, I really think if both of those guys uh, can get 15 touches, that's going to make a difference. Because I, I think Bonnet's going to get some his touches as well. But... You know, I, I I think the you know already we're already out in, in terms of pass attempts versus runs. I think I just was looking at the stats. It's like 132 pass attempts to about 91 rushes. Mm-hmm. I wish that number were the other way around. To be honest, you know, um, and I think that 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 obviously will bode well for us. Um, you know. Controlling the ball and winning the turnover ratio battle um, will go a long way to determining um, how this game flows. Um, you know, just good decision-making from Rashawn, not trying to force the ball, but just, you know, just making plays, man. I want to see us work the middle of the field even. Um, you know, I think there the opportunities are definitely there. We've got too many playmakers on the offense, but I think now is the time – that our offensive rhythm begins to manifest going forward. Do you realize about a team that played a screen schedule too, Brian? Uh, you know, like like uh, uh, Sports ID said, they played a screen schedule, so they're twelve games in to a uh, in the calendar year. So a good pound, a good pound and running attack against them, I think will wear them down along with uh, the, the heat and humidity in the crowd. And so so third or fourth quarter, I think we can create separation if we do that in the first half. Uh, excluding, the, excluding the three quarterbacks, nine different guys have ran the ball. 
this season for for uh for fam. Um and Bonnet Bishop has carried it thirty-two times, which is double yeah, just over double the amount of the next running back. That's to me that I I, I I have a hard time wrapping my mind around that, given the size of Jennings. And now we know McLeod's only been there a week, but just your smallest guy having your most attempts. I I don't under I don't understand that. You know, and it, you know, and then in terms of. Uh, so, so I, I want to see more balance there. I, I and I, I do hope the bigger backs pound them with the bigger backs first, then put the other guy in there, Bonnet or even DeAndre Francis. And I, and I know we want Bonnet on the field. We want him as a playmaker. But I, I think there's some options and things that you can do with Bonnet um, that make a little more sense. And then let's get into the receivers. You talked about the receivers and mixing it up there, uh, Xavier on the season so far, well, with 26 catches, the next closest is Jamari Sherrod with 14. And then David Manigo with 10. So uh, Chad Hunter has nine. And then after that, it's just a serious drop-off. So we do understand that that has to get better. It, I, I think it will get better, but I, but I think we got to mix up. Uh, that, that's what I'm hoping for again. As going into this game, I'm hoping we can find a way to run the ball more. What worries me, though, is this uh, rush defense for Alabama State, which held Bethune to 12 yards rushing on 20 attempts. You know, that that does worry me a little bit. Uh, Now, that could have been a product of the score and the fact that they jumped out on Bethune the way they did and it sort of took them away from doing what they wanted to do. Um. One other stat I thought I'd talk about offensively that has me nervous and it has to improve in this game is our third down efficiency. On the season, we're 14 of 47 on third down. That's just under 30%. You know? Um, I mean, granted, defensively, we're holding our opponent to a similar number. Yeah. But that's, that, that's, that's good but it's not good. It, you know, we usually want your offense to be functioning at a better rate than the defense, right? So that's one stat for me. Any other stats, team stats that you guys have looked at or are interested in as it relates to the offense? Well, I would say that um, just looking at I mean, Terrell Jennings was is averaging 9.8 yards a carry. 9.8 yards a carry. Um, that's a big deal. Even um, Bishop Bonnet is averaging 4.8 yards a carry. If you give him the ball, if you give them the ball three downs, that's a first down. Every <laughs> That's a first down every single time. So uh, being able to control the ball, um, you know, or making a stronger commitment to the run game is what I think is going to help us not just this game, but just long term. And for the record, we haven't had multiple backs this size since the 80s when we had uh, Choo Choo Middleton and um, Ike. What year was that? 
That was 1982. Man, there you go again, taking us back four decades. Healthy no, no, giving him history again, lessons out here, Kelvin. Again, <laughs> having having those big backs brings a measure of physicality. Even if you think about um, what Nick Saban uh, does with Alabama, he doesn't have a whole bunch of smallish backs. He chooses big backs for a reason because he knows that if they get to the second level or even in the second half, that your your defensive backs are not, are going to have to make a career decision. They're not going to want to tackle you know those big backs that have made and gathered all that momentum coming down the field after gaining five, six, seven, eight, nine yards. Uh, that's a business decision, like sir, uh, touchdown Alabama. So I believe that if our guys get to that next level in the defense, that's going to pay dividends long term and. Uh, We've got the backs to do it. Uh, how about how about you, Kelvin? Statistically, any, anything out there that that you're worried about or that uh, you want to see some improvement on? The statistic that really stood out to me was um, average yards per play, passing versus rushing. They they're pretty close, uh, both on the five yards per play. Uh, so um, that's good for running. That's not so good for passing. Again, I, we've got to start to develop the big play capability. We know we had a weapons. Uh, we just got to see that part of the offense come around now, where we, particularly with the passing game, we we saw a little bit of it with the running game. You know, we had a big thirty-five yard run or so um, against South Florida. So 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 that's that that sticks out, and then. We're averaging 19 points per game um, right now. And luckily, our defense is holding our opponents to 17 points a game. So so uh, I, I think we made a friendly uh, adult wager that uh, we would uh, average 30 points by the end of the season on offensively. So I need for Coach Simmons to make me look good. <laughs> Absolutely. That was that was overall. I forgot. Was that overall, or was that like at a certain point of the season? What what do we say on that? We, 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 from we this point really on, say, yeah. From this point on, thirty points. All right. Again, diet Dr. Pepper, fellas. I, that's and, and uh, <laughs> ice. Ice, uh, the the variety flavor, the the twelve pack that comes in the variety colors. That's what I like. So one of you can get me the Dr. Pepper and the other can get me the ice. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, defensively, as mentioned, the Rattlers, we are allowing uh, just 17.33, 17.33 points a game. Uh, I, you know what? I was looking at the numbers on where we came out in the swag. Did you guys see the – the the SWAC's NCAA stats. Did any of you guys see that? I did nope. not. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll try to see if I can find that. But the one thing I, I will say, and I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the last two games. I would love to see someone other than a defensive back or a safety lead us in tackles. 
That's, I can dig that brilliant. Great. I, I, I mean, you look, we know we got some pro-level guys in, in the backfield, defensive backfield. But I think I would love to see the guy, the front six, whoever they are, really, really establish themselves. And if they're going to do a lot of running with Ezra Gray, let's hope it's our defensive line and linebackers who are the ones getting tackled. Uh, because if not, it may, we may be in for a long game. If we see Marquise and Antoine leading us in tackles again, that that means we got a high-scoring game on our hands because that means Ezra Gray's popping off 10, 15, 20 yarders. Yes, yes. And and I will tell you, uh, watching them in the spring and watching that young officer line, that they have a very good officer line. I, I'm not, I can't overstate that enough um, compared to all the officer lines I've seen in the SWAC. I said the same thing about Norfolk State uh, offensive line two years ago that I thought they were the best offensive line that I had seen in the MEAC when we were in the MEAC. And I think uh, folks are starting to see that now with Coach Oden there and everything. Uh, they kept that team together, and and I think it's going to pay dividends. I think they will win the MEAC, and that's who we'll be playing in the uh, – I'm giving my bold prediction already, Family Norfolk State in, the, uh, in Atlanta in the Celebration Bowl. Now, but that being said, Ezra Gray reminds me a lot of Mo Hicks, uh, who was at A&T, um, probably what, about 15, 20 years ago now. But um, he runs hard, and when he once he gets to that second level, man, he's he's he ain't a big back, but he's had, he runs with power, and he can separate from you at the same time. So I so I agree with you. I know Marquise and. And all those guys in secondary, they're more than capable. But this is a game that uh, I think hopefully General Hunter will be back. Um, that's the word I, I, I think I heard I got. Uh, and and I, need, I need the interior line along with uh, our inside linebackers to be fat with this game. They have to be present. Or it will be a long competitive game, absolutely. Uh, what about you, Kofi? I just want to see us, again, just dominate in all three phases of the game. I just think that it's key. Uh, we are at home. Uh, this is an opportunity for uh, Rattler Nation to actually even be a factor in the game. Um, and that's another thing that I want to see our fans just really begin to mature <laughs> tremendously because um, from here on out, we are in uh, conference mode. So these games count. So making noise, um, the first series of the game, making noise on the third downs, you know, making noise uh, when the defense is out there on the field is, is one of those things that helps a home team to develop that home field advantage. So I want to see Rattler Nation do their part in the game to, um, to help us get to that next level. Sounds like you're saying we don't need a wine and cheese crowd on Saturday. Absolutely, we need, not. A, we, we need a homecoming spirited type of crowd. Make some mojo. Hey, uh, real quick before we take a quick break, one of the things that I, I'm worried about is 
Bethune, uh, not Bethune, but uh, Alabama State's efficiency in the red zone. They are on the year, eight for eight, scoring when they get into the red zone. Seven of those eight times have been touchdowns. That's going two for two against Miles and six of six against Bethune. Obviously, they didn't get into the red zone at all against Auburn. But that's a 100% scoring rate in the red zone. So I, I think that's the area we want to keep them out of. And hopefully our defense can do that. But uh, also, if they do get in the red zone, let's that, that watch what happens and see, can we limit them to field goals? Don't give them touchdowns because they have had a lot of success this season against two uh, I, I would say Miles is a very good team, and Bethune is going to be a good team. Let's not let's not sleep. So against two very good teams, they've been perfect. Not too many teams in the NCAA are rolling with a stat like they are um, in the red zone. So let that be noted. Hey, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with some bold predictions, not only for Saturday's game, but then the rest around uh, around the rest of the swag. Excuse me, if I can say that correctly. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone, Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. We'll be back after these words. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, My colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter.
sao là sao rồi check yeah there we go the power of live uh broadcasting appreciate you Brian Fulford on mute trying to uh trying to trying to make it through the end of this one man I tell you my sinuses are a mess uh God bless it um Kelvin Kofi holding me down holding me up like Pippin uh you know I'm I'm far from a Jordan but I mean I, I'm I'm gonna need both uh shoulders to get through the end of this one fellas um if you're out there watching us we appreciate you um Follow us, please. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at ONG Strike Zone. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app right there at the top. Um, MyJBM slash MyBCN is where you can find the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on your Google or Apple Play Store. And then you'll always get updates on when we go live. All of our broadcasts, all of our shows, you get uh, that tip. Good to see that so many of you agree with us about uh, the rushing game and hopefully uh, we'll all we'll all keep our fingers crossed that we see more rushing uh this upcoming uh week and uh hopefully our guy montre bennett hopefully you heard where kelvin got that hat from uh that's the family bookstore so hopefully hopefully you heard that and uh shout out to everybody out there watching thank you for watching please make sure to like and subscribe all right fellas let's go through the rundown uh, this week in the SWAC, and we'll end it with our game, uh, the FAMU Alabama State. The schedule starts on Thursday. UAPB with the rare back-to-back Thursday night games. They hosted last Thursday. Gave up a they, they had a what's the old saying? A victory that was uh, uh, a defeat snatched from the jaws of victory. Something to that effect. All right. Uh, so now their season is on the line. They travel to Prairie View A&M, who got a big win against Grambling State. So this is a big game in the West because Prairie View can literally go up three games. They can go 3-0 and in the West. And, I mean, pretty much, I'm not going to say it's a done deal, but it's looking pretty good for Prairie View uh, going forward. Big game here. How do you see this one playing out? Who do you got? Uh, uh, UAPB at Prairie View, Kelvin. So when I when I when I think a game is competitive and it, it's a toss up and and I think talent wise this is just like the Alcorn State game. It could really go either way. Both teams I have a lot of respect for um, their talent level. Um, I'm going Prairie View and primarily I'm going Prairie View because they the home team. Um, I will say that I have been extremely impressed with uh, Prairie View and uh, how they have looked even out of conference. Uh, you know, I know you and Copa were pretty high on them out of the West as a sleeper. I was a little bit less um, um, hot on them, but but I'm, I'm on board. And I think they're a very dangerous team in the West. And so I'm, at home, I'm going with them. Okay, Kofi? Prairie View, Prairie View's at home. Uh, I think what's being underestimated is definitely uh, Prairie View's quarterback is on pace to be SWAT player of the year. So uh, he's going to be a major factor in this contest. Uh, but this, the Prairie View defense is what's going to, I believe, be the difference maker in this contest. I'm going to say Prairie View at home by uh, 10. 
at least. My schedule matrix from the beginning of the year called for it. Now, look, my matrix called for Alcorn State to win last week. I, obviously, I didn't know it would be the way they, they won it, but, I mean, I called that win. Um, I will call a UAP, UAPB victory this week, sticking with my matrix. And I think it's even – I think it's uh, further solidified by the fact that UAPB lost the way they lost. Big motivation for them. I think they come out and win probably by a field goal. So I'll go UAPB by a field goal on the road against Prairie View A&M. All right. Bethune-Cookman, winless on the year, surprisingly. 0-4 against another winless, surprisingly, Winless team, South Carolina State, 0-3. Old MEAC rivals show up. Bethune-Cookman on the road at South Carolina State. How do you see this one going, Kelvin? It's not surprising, South Carolina State. They played Alabama and m and uh, lost by one in a shootout. Then they played, and then they played two Division One schools, right? So they're where I thought they would be uh, potentially in the first place. Uh, I it is what it is. You know, they little brother. I don't care if they know when. <laughs> I want them down. I want them mad. I, I, I want their the, the heart taken by the time Florida Classical. I ain't, I ain't trying to be friendly right now. So uh, so I'm going from South Carolina State by double digits on this one. But if you, if you I respect what he does. I respect his coaching. Typically, Bethune and uh, South Carolina State usually are a pretty close game. Uh, historically and pretty competitive, but Thune had so much other stuff going on outside of just what's happening on the field. And, and now that they're, they're 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 going through some things on the field, uh, you know, and, and lost some games. I just think it's tough to go to Orangeburg for them to regroup and, and, and win that game. So I'm going with South Carolina State. Kobe. This game's going to the Bulldogs from South Carolina State University. Hands down. I, I, I don't think this will be close. South Carolina State by at least 14. Wow, 14. Man, um, I'm going with South Carolina State just on the mere fact that they're coming off a of bye week. I, what did the Matrix that, say? What did the Matrix say? The Matrix <laughs> only was for SWAT games. The Matrix was only for SWAT games. This was not on oh. the Matrix. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but I'll go South Carolina State. Uh, I am. I am surprised that they are winless, though. I, I thought they could have easily have been at least two and one, uh, one now, and two. Think at about the Bethune. Please don't. You know. Please don't read too much into it. Cookman is more than capable of winning this game. They've got weapons. That tight end that they have. Um, yeah, two of them. Two tight ends. Yeah, one of them was actually supposed to be at FAMU, but that's a whole nother conversation yeah. for a whole nother day. Um, that being said, they are still talented. They've got talent with the in the in the backfield. They've got talent up front. It's just a matter of them actually putting it together. They've made a couple of decisions coaching wise that have cost them games. And let me say that I will not be I would not be surprised if Terry Sims is not the coach. By the time the Florida Classic comes around, what? I believe he's on the hot seat. Wow. Okay. There's a interesting hot take. take. Uh, there's a hot take. 
Okay, um, <laughs> Texas Southern hosting North American University. If that's not the the strangest name for a university, North American University, that almost seems like uh, something that you make up and you just put on a put on a, a fake Netflix degree. Show. Yes, exactly. I went to North American University. You went to where? Uh, anyway, but that is a school. Uh, it's a NAIA. Uh, this. I, I think we all – well, do we all think Texas Southern gets their first win of the season? Anybody, any doubts? Well, Texas no, Southern it, is actually – hello? Texas Southern is not playing bad ball. Um, they played a really good preview team. They they came close. I think they scored multiple um, – over 30 points against Rice. So the talent level of Texas Southern is um, – is not low. They are a Texas squad. They can run. They're athletic. And uh, I'm looking forward to them uh, getting their first victory this weekend. Yeah. Uh, North, whatever, Hampton, Marion, whatever they call themselves. <laughs> I try to look them up, man. They, they didn't have a – they don't have a record. I, I see zero zero. 0 uh, I'm starting to think this is the same team that played uh, – High school team on ESPN um, <laughs> about three weeks ago, man. I, I have no idea who they are, man, where they from, man. So, so oh and, and Texas this, Southern, please do not lose to North American University, okay? I'm do not because when I saw the abbreviation of these school, that's who I thought they were, but um. And also, uh, Ted Southern got some some new helmets, you know, uh, from uh, Stray and Stray got some new gear. So, hey, so they, they got to win this game. They, yeah, they got to win. Strahan might come and take them helmets back. If you lose this game, he coming back. Come give me back my helmets. This, this is one of them games you get. You lose helmets because of a game like you lose to North American University because they will be hazing him up on Good Morning America. I know I would. If his team, if his alma mater lose to North American University, you get hazed up all Monday on North on uh, Good Morning America. I'm sorry. Uh, you just lost to North American University. Uh, um, 2 o'clock uh, at Grambling. Alabama A&M on the road against Grambling State. Grambling, the Noah Biden era, the three-star quarterback from out of uh, New York, City. I don't think uh, it was New York, New York, but out of New York State, debuting for Grambling. Uh, he might be the future, but the present is not looking good for Coach Broderick Fobbs. And there, you talk about hot seat. Uh, that there might be a race to see whose seat is hotter. There, Kofi. You just said uh, you just said a mouthful there, but I wonder if if uh, Coach Sims's seat is hotter than Broderick Fobbs. So. Uh, we'll start with you, Kofi. Who do you like in this one, A&M or Grambling? A&M is the number one team in HBCU football right now. Um, I'm going to go with A&M, but I would caution people not to underestimate Grambling's, uh, Grambling's team. Uh, they are still uh, formidable. They're still athletic. I mean, they beat Tennessee State, uh, who is not necessarily a bad squad, they're just not at championship level. I will say that uh, Alabama A&M came off of an emotional victory against South Carolina State. They came off of an emotional victory um, against Bethune. They came off of an emotional victory with Tuskegee. 
and bro, they're about to hit a gauntlet of teams. At some, at some point, this thing is going to break. So I would not be shocked if Grambling pulls off this upset and uh, and keeps it. I do not. I think that Terry Sims is closer to being fired than Fobbs, but uh, Grambling is uh, Fobbs is 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 definitely on the hot seat. Uh, so I, I, so you have who winning? I'm gonna say Alabama and M, but I'm gonna put my upset bird on this picture. Ooh, okay. I'm put it like that. I'm gonna put my upset bird right there next to uh, this Grambling Alabama and M. That's my upset pick. Squat, squat. Okay. Calvin Hubbard, who do you got? Hey, I'm with Kobe, man. Great take, Kobe. I ain't got to say too much more. I'm with you. I'm I'm going to go with um, Alabama A&M, but this is a prime trap upset type game here uh, against uh, a team that's desperate and and, and fiery and need a W, and they just talented enough and the coaches experienced enough where they can actually pull it off. And um, uh, Alabama A&M has to – has had to get up three weeks in a row, use a lot of energy and emotion. They, they again, another team that played in the spring. So they, they're, 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 they're double-digit games into calendar year and playing football. And this is where I think the spring ball will start to impact the other teams. So I'm going Alabama and them, but like Kofi, uh, upset alert now. Be careful. You, you guys are crazy. There, there's no upset happening in Grambling. If anything, I'm going to tell you my, my surefire play of the weekend. See if you can find the first half on Alabama A&M against Grambling. Play the first half. Whatever the number is, if it's 9, if it's 10, give them. Alabama A&M will put up points in the first half. The second half is what worries me. The second half should worry you. But trust me. Death taxes and Alabama A&M putting up points in the first half. That's a lot. I'm telling you now. Alabama A&M wins this by. Now, they're not going to blow out Grambling. That's the thing. So, this will probably end up being a 7 to 10 point ball game. But the first half, first half will be at least about 2 to 3 touchdowns first half. I'm telling you now. Um, All right. North Carolina Central travels to Mississippi Valley State. Uh, MEAC versus SWAC. North Carolina Central's two and two. Mississippi Valley State still looking for their first win of the season. A lot of people have a lot of nice things to say about Mississippi Valley State's defense. Uh, unfortunately, they're not stopping anybody from scoring, uh, or at least, the, or either the offense is not scoring enough points to win ball games. I don't know which it is. North Carolina Central's got mollywhopped by North Carolina A and T. How do you see this one going, Kofi? Well, Central is the best. Why did you pick this darn game? Can we move on? But seriously, um, Central is the better team. Um, but I will say, again, Valley is just one of those teams. When those teams go to it or better, anything can really happen. Um, Central should come away with this victory. Uh, I'm going to say by 14. Um, they should, they should win this handily. They are the better team offensively, defensively, and then also special teams. I think they just ran into a better squad with a and t has been the better squad over the last three years. 
Um, they're not that far off from, um, I'm saying, reclaiming or getting back to that championship level that NCCU had, but they're not there yet. Um, they should, again, NCCU should come away with this victory by at least 14. But watch right, those what do, got, what do you got, Kelvin? Miag versus Swag Challenge, number three. Is this like number three or something like that? Yeah, with South Carolina State A and M, and then uh, yeah, and so but uh, I'm like Kofi, but I'm gonna be a little kind with Valley on this one, right? I drilled them pretty hard past week. I think this is a game that they, you know, they're at home. They had some success in terms of offense against um, uh, Southern. I, I, I remember watching them against Jackson and. And uh, I want to say Alcorn, that, uh, last time they played at home, and they had some fight to them. So Mississippi Valley at home, they played they play, they play strong. So I'm, I'm going to go with Central because they are the better team and they defensive team. But but I, I think this is another one that will be a little bit closer than the experts think. All right. Uh, there, there's no matrix on this one, but I'm going with the home team. I'm going with the SWAC. I'm sticking with the I'm sticking with the conference. We are now part of the SWAC. So I'm gonna ride with the SWAC on this one. Mississippi Valley State gets the win. First win of the year. I love a good story. Um let it be Mississippi Valley State. Somebody's gotta get a win, right? Um all right, here we go, guys. Last game on the docket. Six PM Eastern, five Central. This will be a Facebook Live broadcast. On the Rattler Sports Network, I believe. Although, the last time that we played Alabama State, it was broadcast online on the Black College Sports Network. I, I don't know. You know, we got to talk. You know, it'd be nice if we can get that back again. But it, anyway, that's, a you know, just saying, you know. Uh, if you remember the last time, there was a 99-yard kickoff return by Leroy Van in that ball game. Uh, back in 2008, the Rattlers won that ball game, I believe, 30 to 22. Been a long time. Uh, so, all right, bowl prediction, scoring outcome, Kofi. Who you got? FAMU, Alabama State. FAMU, 24, Alabama State, 14. All right, Kevin, who you got? 31-14, FAMU, but that separation won't happen to the second half. Um, we'll wear them down and pull away in the second half, and that'll be the first game to them starting to average 30 points a game, and I get my solos. I, I saw – I noticed that. I, I peeped what you did there with the 31. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> That's all you did that. That's all right, though. I'm going 27-21. Because we're not getting 30. But I'll take 27, and I'll go 21. A late score by Alabama State gives them that 21. But I'll, I'll take the Rattlers 27-21 over Alabama State. Uh, I, I think the bye week will be just what the doctor ordered uh, for us in this ballgame. All right, fellas. Uh, that's going to do it. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? How about the Stingettes? Wait a minute. Who's coming? Who's coming, Kofi? Who? Uh, who? The breakdown. 
This, who's, I shouldn't be this excited for the damn Stroop coming. So I'm sorry. I'm an old man being excited for the. I, I'm wrong for that. I'm sorry. Kobe, who's coming? Who's coming? Tell them tell about the band. Who's coming? The mighty marching Hornets are coming into Bragg Stadium. I want to get on there like they used to say on the, the Fat Albert show and be like, the Brown Hornets. But uh, the Stingettes are coming to brag, but the, the people, what they're banking on with their show is going to be the Honeybees. And the Honeybees are... Um, too sweet for me. Uh, too sweet for me. Anyway, well, go no, ahead. No, no. no, the Honeybees are a dance troupe of women that are over 200 pounds. I put it like that. And they do splits and they do all kinds of dances and twerking and all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, they do their little Good. thing. But, yeah, they should be called the bun- the bumblebees because that's what they look like. But they call the honeybees. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I think we might need to go now. <laughs> wow. But- <laughs> All right, I'm a, I don't have the control to mute this mic. Jesus. Sorry. All right. But, uh, go ahead, uh, go for it. Uh, <laughs> that's it. I'm going to cut you All right. Uh, Kelvin, any, any, any final thoughts before we go? No, other than to, uh, I know Rallis Nation would show, show up and um, show out. Uh, this is a game where I think we will be, uh, the home field needs to be a factor. We need to be there in numbers. We need to be loud, as COVID reference, and we need to help uh, will this team to this W. Right now, it's all about stringing Ws because the month of October will t- determine the SWAC East Championship. Everybody play each other back to back. Everybody. So, so now is it where, where the cream rises to the top, and we need to help the routers get there. Uh, my little piece of advice is don't show up at 5.15 and 5.30 and expect everything to go right with your tickets and parking. That's all I'm going to say. You want your stuff to go right, you better get there by 3 o'clock. Get there by 3.30, 2.30, show up. Be ready. Tailgate early. Don't show up at 5 o'clock. I don't want to see you on FAMU Twitter complaining about parking and tickets and you showed up at 5.30 and 5.45, 15 minutes, and expect this stuff to be working right. You know, you know, it's stuff Preach. don't work like that at FAMU. You know, the school you go to. Come on now, Rattler Nation, get right. All right. Uh, I know we may be out there. I know Kelvin's going to be out there. Kofi might be out there. Hell, I might show up as well. We might do a post-game show. So be looking out for that. We might do a post-game reaction show following the contest. We expect a big win for the Rattlers. Thank you for everybody who watched and listened, uh, enjoyed. Make sure you follow us. Um, Reach out to us uh, via email or social media. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. You've been watching the ONG Strike Zone on the Black College Sports Network. All right, Rattlers, let's go get a dub this weekend. And everybody else, stay safe and uh, mask up out there if you can. All right? Thank you. Peace out.